Hello and welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast. It's Friday, June 26th. Regular listeners will have noticed we're outside our usual time slot this week, as yesterday afternoon we made way for the latest instalment in Reorg's webinar series. That broadcast, titled Analyzing the Liability Management Playbook, was recorded in collaboration with the European Leveraged Finance Association and will be available for repeat listening on the Reorg media page soon. For this week's podcast, I'm going to be speaking to some of our analysts about UK carmaker McLaren and chatting to reporter Connor Lovell about a dramatic week at German payment processor Wirecard. First, though, we're going to look at Estonian casino group Olympic Entertainment. Senior Director Shweta Rao has been following the situation closely. This is a very interesting situation, Richard. We reported last Friday that the company had moved its online and Lithuanian land-based assets worth 18.4 million out of its restricted group. Olympic says that the transfer will, will help reduce cash burn and improve its liquidity and results. The move, however, takes away creditors' recourse to the value in these assets, and bondholders making up more than 65% of Olympic's 200 million senior secured notes formed a group advised by Kirkland and Ellis. The bondholders have objected to this transfer of assets out of the bond's credit group into the hands of shareholders on several grounds. The main objection is that the fair market value of the transferred assets, which the bondholders are calling the siphoned assets, is more than $18.4 If the assets are indeed undervalued, there may be a possibility to challenge the transfer under the covenants of the notes. The bondholders have also raised whether this asset transfer was appropriate in light of the fiduciary duties of the board to Olympic and its stakeholders. Now, Shweta, you're one of the hosts of our regular Covenant Conversations podcast, which goes out on Tuesdays, uh, and you mentioned this situation on your last broadcast. Can, Can you maybe talk us through the Covenant angle? From a covenant standpoint, using the unrestricted subsidiary route to either raise priming debt or to enrich shareholders has been controversial. It was, let's say, invented by J. Crew several years ago and has been used by many U.S. companies thereafter, including Neiman Marcus, which is now in bankruptcy, along with J. Crew, and recently by Travelport. Creditors have litigated in the U.S., but not much has been achieved with respect to tightening of covenants to prevent such leakage. Olympic Entertainment is the first European company, to our knowledge, that has siphoned off assets to shareholders using an unrestricted subsidiary. It represents a very significant develop in the European covenant world. Will this set a precedent to be emulated by other European corporates, such as J. Crew did in the U.S.? Or will this manoeuvre fail to take off in Europe? That is the million-dollar question. British supercar group McLaren came onto our radar along with a host of other automotive credits at the beginning of the European COVID-19 lockdowns. Further analysis showed the group was facing a severe liquidity crunch and potential covenant breaches from lack of demand caused by the pandemic. I asked financial analyst Jacob Parker, who's been following McLaren closely over the past few months, for some background on the company and his analysis of it. McLaren is battling a severe liquidity squeeze due to the closure of its only production facility at the beginning of March, as well as the closure of most dealerships around the world due to the COVID-19 lockdowns. While the facility and retailers have now reopened, we believe McLaren will run out of cash within a couple of months if it doesn't secure further funding. Management has said that it will need £275 million sterling of additional funding in 2020, having already received a 300 million equity injection and fully drawing on its RCF. 
Management thinks that the funding will be sufficient to see it through to cash generation by 2022, but our base case analysis shows that the $275 million will only see it through to the second half of 2021 before it requires more cash. Our upside case shows the funding could be enough to prevent a return to the capital markets other than to refinance the group's $650 million of bond debt and the RCF, which both fall due in 2022. Management has guided a 68% year-over-year volume reduction for 2020 at this stage. 2021 volume is expected to be two-thirds of 2019 volume. In short, we expect this demand softening to drive cash burn through to 2023. One thing is certain, the company is highly levered, even when using management's normalised EBITDA of $270 million which would bring net leverage to 2.5 turns instead of around 9 turns. This, combined with a high level of cash burn expected for 2020 and 2021, means that refinancing at attractive rates with its current level of debt could be tricky. You could argue that the $275 million of additional new debt will only add to the unsustainability of the capital structure, and a formal restructuring could be in McLaren's best interest going forward. Our view is that the proposed financing is just a short-term solution, it doesn't address the long-term sustainability of the capital structure and doesn't allow an adequate buffer for another production stoppage or severe downturn in wholesale volume. In other words, the overall credit risk of the business will only increase. Alongside these financial issues, McLaren's also appeared in the English High Court recently. Legal analyst Shan Qureshi has been following the proceedings. The group has applied to the English High Court in London for declaratory relief in respect of certain actions it wishes to take. Essentially, it's asking the English court for its blessing that the company, McLaren, could enter into a new lending transaction without being breach of its senior secured notes covenants. Okay, can you talk a little bit about the proposed transaction and and what the bondholders think of it? We don't know the exact structure of the proposed transaction yet. However, once the parties do appear before the court for the substantive hearing, which will be in the next 10 days or so, we will have more details. We do know, however, that as part of the transaction, the group is attempting to use a sale and leaseback transaction in respect of both the group's collection of heritage cars and its working plant. Those assets currently form part of the senior secured notes existing collateral. Therefore, the note holders are against the transaction. The note holders have successfully become joined to the application following a CMC hearing, and they're represented by Boyce Schiller and the company by Ashurst. Okay, can you talk us through the key covenant issues that are likely to arise in this and and maybe give an idea of the timetable for the hearing and potential judgment? The two main covenant issues are whether the group is permitted to do this sale and lease back transaction, and secondly, under the change of control covenant, whether a sale of those assets will constitute all or substantially all of the group's assets. If a sale does constitute all or substantially all, the transaction could trigger a change of control under the senior secured notes, essentially making it unfeasible. Whether the change of control is triggered will depend in part on the value of the plant and the heritage cars, which also includes the Formula One championship vehicles. So we can expect valuation evidence at the hearings. Real will be covering a substantive hearing and the group has requested expedited hearing, with judgment expected on July 10th. Wirecard made headlines last year when it was widely reported the group was inflating sales and profits. It has been back in the news this week, and Connor Lovell has been reporting on it for Reorg. Wirecard filed for insolvency yesterday. This comes less than one week after the payments company announced a delay to its 2019 results after the auditor, EY, could not account for $1.9 billion held in trust accounts. Wirecard CEO Marcus Braun resigned promptly. Then earlier this week, the company conceded that the missing balances probably didn't, didn't exist, 
and hired Houlihan Loki to develop a plan for a sustainable financing strategy for the company. Nor is the company's legal advisor. Braun has since been arrested on suspicion of market manipulation and false representation and released on bail. The story is remarkably similar to suspected fraud at NMC Health, which entered administration in April after discovering $1.3 billion in extra debt. And how have lenders and bondholders responded so far? Well, discussions began almost immediately with around 15 of Wirecard's RCF lenders because the delay in financial reporting risked triggering a default under the facility. The bank lenders have hired ANO alongside FTI Consulting to advise on the company's upcoming restructuring talks. A group of bondholders is working with One Square Advisors and Kirkland and Ellis. The main group of holders uh, consists of the company's 500 million euro notes, which were issued back in September, but advisors are also talking to holders of the 900 million euro convertible bonds. On Tuesday, bondholders held a call and discussed the need to appoint a common bondholder representative and to formally organise. Notably, the group is large enough to start a consent solicitation process. So what's next for Wirecard? We can almost certainly expect a CDS trigger on protection for the bonds. Um, Also, recovery for lenders and bondholders will depend a great deal on whether any further accounting discoveries are made. Um, The 1.9 billion euro that they couldn't find is the lion's share of Wirecard's earnings growth in recent years. As such, advisors are assessing the company's chances of survival. Kirkland and Ellis will hold a call for bondholders today at 2.30. You can of course read more about all of these situations as they develop on the Reorg website. We'll be back one week on Thursday with another Reorg podcast. But in the meantime, stay safe and thank you very much for listening.